0: It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. Welcome back to another episode of Travel Redefined, where we're speaking to individuals in different elements of the travel and hospitality space, learning from what they're seeing, what they're doing, uh, and hopefully taking tools from that and implementing it into um, our respective businesses. So today's uh, guest is... I'm personally very excited about having this conversation, and I know that everybody's going to be really into this. Um, uh, so we've got Mark Ross Smith, who is the CEO of Status Match, as well as the author founder of the industry site Travel Data Daily. Basically, he is the loyalty program's guru. I'm sure he's going to be like, wait, oh no, why did you say all that at the beginning? I know, bar is set high. Um, But we're definitely going to talk a lot about loyalty programs, what we need to be thinking, especially in the airline industry. Um, But I think it would also be interesting to see how that might even apply into the hotel space as well, too. So um, without further ado, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Sarah, it's fabulous to be here. It's a very generous introduction, I will say.
0: (laughs) I had a feeling you were going to be like, oh, she used the G word, guru. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, I, I'm really excited because I know that you have access to a lot of interesting data and insight. And, um, and and I know it's something that all of us, whether we're flying, whether we work in the airline industry or even on the flip side or even in the hospitality hotel space can learn a lot from it as well, too. So, um why don't we go ahead and bring everybody up to speed and do you mind just sharing a little bit about your background you've got these two companies so they kind of go hand in hand tell us a little bit about maybe how you um your background and then how you started travel data daily and then ultimately status match um and yeah we'd love to hear more of that
1: sure so i'm a tech entrepreneur i think at heart you know i, I love technology I'm I love building and creating things, and that's kind of where it all started. You know, I was a bit younger. i had these tech companies. I actually, had a social network that I'd created many years ago. I sold that um, about ten years ago. And uh, you know, when I was running that, you know, I was flying around the world, you know, just just doing a thing. And and I kind of at the end of that, I thought, how do I get free airline tickets? Like I'm spending <laughs> all this money on travel. Like it's, you know, when you're spending, you know, five. 15,000 bucks to go from you know I was living in Australia at the time you know to go to the US or Europe kind of thing. And you know, I and I see you know some friends in the industry and they're like, oh yeah, I went to da, 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 Fiji for the weekend. It was a hundred bucks in business class. I'm like, how do I get some of that? Like I'm I'm totally down for yeah cheap cheap premium travel. <laughs> so how Who is how it? <laughs> do,
0: it's
1: it's in the back of mind of everyone I think. Yes. And so you know I thought how do I get into this business and so I you know, I'd sort of had all this experience built up through my social network, which was in the telco business at the time. And I thought, you know, there's a lot that telcos do pretty well that I think airlines could learn from. And so that's where Travel Data Daily was born. I started, you know, just trying to get ideas out there in the world to help improve the travel experience and travel loyalty programs. Because my logic, my semi flawed logic was, if I, if I could just promote these ideas and get them out there. Then all these airline people or hotel people will see these ideas. They'll implement into their loyalty programs and that will benefit me ultimately as a traveler. Yeah. And it it kind of worked, you know, I started publishing these articles, got a bit of traction and then, you know, some industry event, people started seeing them. They say, Hey, you know what? You want to come to our event? Can you be on a panel? Can you you just really, you know, small grade kind of stuff? I said, yes. And what happened is I started building this bit of a profile. Right. Now keep in mind, I just I'd sold my business at the time. I basically unemployed, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean I had had a bit of money, but you know, effectively not not doing, doing much. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what, what I'm gonna do in life next. Yeah. And so I'm going to all these industry events, start getting invited right to more and more and more of them. And eventually that led to one day someone said, Um, do you want to work at Malaysia Airlines? Do you want to run the loyalty program for the airline? Just out of the blue. And I'd never worked for an airline or a hotel or any like in this at all and suddenly they're like you know do you want this pretty singing role and i'm like well not really <laughs> of <So I kinda laughs> like, <kinda laughs> like my life of just cruising around right now anyway i took the, i took the job i thought it's not every day you get offered this kind of thing um you know that move to malaysia and that was a fantastic experience and that was really how i that was the the sort of being pushed into the deep end of the travel industry and obviously i started getting cheap flights out of that so uh, that's kind of how I got into the industry. That's that's how Travel Daily sort of came out. And Travel I still still up today. I still publish it heaps of stuff on there about you know how airlines, hotels can monetize loyalty programs, how to make money out of data, how to just just improve stuff really. And it's all it's all free. Like I don't I don't monetize it, so like anyone can read it. Just I mean check it out right now, TravelDaily.com. Um, you know, it's just get ideas because ultimately it's the the same principle I had back then applies today. You know, if if I can improve. Or get these ideas out there, then people in the industry can pick it up and just apply it to however it makes sense in their business today, which ultimately benefits the millions of global travelers around the world
0: oh totally totally well, and I mean anybody that flies is, and is going anywhere I mean we get it we, you know we we see a bit of the of the system we know that um it needs to make sense so but but let's talk about that a little bit more so the loyalty program world. All right. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it is an industry in and of itself. I'm sure I've even been been able to see, I mean, there, there are shifts happening right now. So what are you seeing? What's working? What isn't, what's changing? I know that's a lot of questions, but like want to kind of get like as a zoomed out sort of perspective as far as like what's, what's happening in the loyalty program world and bring everybody up to speed with that.
1: So, fortunately, travel loyalty programs are much more interesting than non-travel loyalty programs. I would since, think so, just just a bit. So, since about 2020, there's been a spotlight on travel loyalty programs, especially in in airline. And what the world has really seen is that the value of airline loyalty programs. You know, think like American United Delta. I Think these guys. Guys, the value of the program as a biz- as a as a separate business, is worth more than the entire airline itself. Right. And uh, in fact, just a few weeks ago, Spirit Airlines uh, raised, I think it was, I think it was a billion dollars, uh, on a new loan based on the valuation of their loyalty program. Wow! Uh, so the loyalty program for Spirit was valued at 4.2 billion, right? Which is about 40 times, 45 times revenue, which is which is on the high side. Um, but what's interesting is the market capitalization of the entire Spirit Airlines company is on, is only 2.3 billion. Right, so what wow. this means, it it values the airline operations at about negative 1.9 billion. Right, so the, the the airline loyalty is kind of up here somewhere. Airlines kind of down here somewhere as, as in terms of valuation. And so what we're seeing is a a shift in value creation across the ecosystem away from the core travel business and into the the loyalty the loyalty business. Uh, and that kind of raises some questions. You know, are these Airlines, this applies to hotels as well, to some degree. Are are they really airlines these days or are they marketing companies that have an airline division, right?
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: I think there's a dynamic shift here where the loyalty programs are so valued. They bring so much value to the group. Uh, Actually, I wrote an article for about how loyalty, you know, the the team running, loyalty is really a a C-level role right? It shouldn't be like a head of loyalty or VP of loyalty. It should be like a chief loyalty officer, right? And they should have a seat on the board, right? Because loyalty brings so much value to the table. It's kind of outsized value versus the rest of the company, right? And l- like you need an airline and the ho- you need them both, right? There is a, there's a dynamic there where they need each other. But if you've got, you know, choice, do you want a dollar profit in an airline, which on the market is worth probably six to eight dollars, or a dollar profit in loyalty program, which in Spirit's case is worth $40, $45, right? I know where I'm going to push my profit and it's straight to the loyalty program. It's not to the airline because you can be able to get more value, be able to leverage it more on the market, be able to raise funds, you be able to whatever you want to do with it, right? So the big thing in travel loyalty programs right now is less there's, there's just been this spotlight on the business side of it, less so on the what we'll call the, the customer side of it. And this is this is a really good thing, uh, in some ways, because the more the loyalty program is worth, the more they can invest in the customer to get to get even more. You know what I mean? They can go out and buy yeah. new planes. They can go buy you know all this crazy new stuff, which ultimately benefits everyone again.
0: Totally interesting. Interesting. I mean, because it is. I mean, I think about it because it's like I am very loyal to a specific airline, and it's it's almost it's like gamified it for me in aspects. And it's like I'm getting towards the end of the year and it's like okay, what do I need to make sure that I get and hit or spend or do so that I like secure my status for the next year in, you know, whatever category the highest category possible. So, I know that a lot of people understand this, especially if you're traveling so much, be it for business or or leisure, but want to hear more about this. So, it we're talking about just like airline status and so it seems I guess some of like I guess like the world's top travelers are going to actually lose their elite status in the next couple of months. Why is that? And then how is that going to affect airline global revenue?
1: So, like yourself, Sarah, there's a lot of people out there. That get to the end of the year, they log into their account and they see, "Damn, I'm I need to do four, five, six, ten more flights to keep my platinum whatever status." Right? Yeah. And is this kind of g- generally? called pre-pandemic days it's been a bit of a rush you know it's like uh i think i need a meeting in new york next week so you know or you know we need a team conference in in new zealand and we all have to fly business class and uh, you know it's like why all these companies got all these events at the end of the year it's so bizarre isn't it (laughs) because everyone's everyone's Uh, trying to keep everyone's trying to keep their loyalty status yeah totally I mean, god forbid you know you have to line up with everyone else when you board the aircraft right it's... I,
0: I mean it's the perks so you have to say it's all the perks
1: to your point if you've got elite status in airline you know like a silver gold something like that or higher you're in the top five percent of of the loyalty members of the airline or hotel right and these five percent of people specifically in premium airlines, they contribute somewhere between thirty and fifty percent of revenue to airlines today. Mm. Right. Okay. So as a group, these are the most valuable customers airlines can have. And obviously airlines want to keep these people. They want to keep them spending. Uh and so you know in, in twenty twenty when the world was locked down, a lot of people just couldn't travel to the extent they used to, right? And so airlines they just said, you know, we'll we'll extend your status for free. Because we reckon, you know, you're, you're loyal to us, we're loyal to you. That was, that was the idea, right? And it was a, it was a nice message uh, at the time. And then last year, they did the same thing. You know, most, they, they recognized that most of the world was still, you know, borders closed. It's was, it was just a bit difficult still in a lot of places. Some more open and free than others. And so now we're coming to, you know, the end of all this. And airlines are looking at it going, well, we can't really extend people's stars for free again because you can travel now. Well, mo- most people can travel to most places, yeah? And so the idea is if we extend it for free, then it it could actually hurt the internal metrics now. So now there's actually a, internally there's a position where it makes sense not to extend. And so we've got people that had elite status at the end of 2019 have still got that same status or higher today, right? And so the number of people that have status is, is bloated effectively. Uh, that's why that's why we're seeing lines to get into airline lounges that's why we're seeing the priority lines when you go aboard the aircraft are really long because it's arguably a lot there's a lot more people can access that now than than used to be and so there's this what i'm calling a a status cliff which is coming uh, early next year and that's where there's a lot of people due for a downgrade in status and this is going to hurt this is going to hurt the industry a bit because well actually it's going to hurt specific airlines because I, I estimate there's about 25 million, 20, 25 million people globally that are due for a downgrade, which represents nearly half of all elite members. So this is across airline, hotel, car rental, cruise, everything. Yeah, yeah think about it. Today, you've got your your platinum status. You get, you get lounge access. You got a priority boarding, first class check, all this kind of thing. And then tomorrow, airline says, sorry, you know, you, you didn't fly enough too bad, so sad, you know, to, <laughs> they downgrade you to, to nothing, right? You got to think what, what goes through your mind at that point, right? It, it, in some ways, it's it's your fault you didn't keep your status because you didn't fly, yeah? So, th- there's that. But then but then there's the also, well, I'm still flying, I'm just not flying to the point I used to, right? So, you're, st- you're still valuable, you're just not as valuable in their eyes today as you used to be, right? So, in your mind, And a lot of people, we've done surveys on this asking people what they're going to do, right? Because this is a big black, unknown black box out there. What's going to happen? And best guess so far is a lot of people, the logic is screw the airline. I'm going to fly based on price. I'm going to on network. I'm not going to chase status anymore. They're going to kind of disconnect from this, from premium loyalty, right? I'm going to ditch the credit card. I'm just going to. Best flight of the day, I'm just going to chase price because the logic is the airline's not loyal to me, even though they were not loyal to me. I'm not going to be loyal to it. I'm just going to fly based on whatever else. You know, prices are high anyway. It makes sense to reassess where I am, right? What we're seeing is most people are in that bucket. And so this is pretty scary for airlines if you think about it, because you've got, you know, these people that are due for downgrade is somewhere between, you know, 10, 15% of top line revenue for airlines that's at at risk today, that will be a, what I'm calling a share shift. So that might shift from, you know, your big carriers to like a low cost carrier kind of thing, which just fuels other airlines. So I think, you know, premium airlines have a pretty big job on their hands. Like how do you retain these people in a way that makes sense without just giving them free candy for life?
0: Yeah, you can't, of course.
1: You, you can't, I mean, you know, anyone's got kids. If you go give you a candy every day, you don't know how, <laughs> that, how that pans out and it's not good.
0: No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, and it will, it's, I mean, it, again, it's like, you bring it up. Interesting point. And it's, there's also the element of, you know, the people that are like relying sort of on their loyalty to get those upgrades as opposed to maybe necessarily just paying more so that I'm sure that that's also an element, right. Of what airlines are taking into consideration. So, um, but want to talk a little bit more about like loyalty program success, what success? what does this look like? Um, what are, what are the metrics that airline loyalty programs, what, what metrics should they be using to effectively measure loyalty?
1: Clearly not downgrading half your members is probably a good start.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) It's going to have a bit of impact. Just maybe, maybe just uh, we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, the big, Big sort of what we call the golden metrics of how airlines look at loyalty is you got share of wallet, which is um, I'll, I'll explain that in a second, uh, customer lifetime value, and then generally over profit, overall profitability of the program, right? They, these are kind of the top top metrics that are kind of looked at, and there's a bunch. Of, it's it's kind of like a cockpit, right? You, of an airline you you see all these dials and gauges and displays and stuff and first time you look at you go wow this is pretty cool there's a lot of stuff that's kind of what airline loyalty is like you got all these little ways to measure things but there's not there's there's one or two that kind of stand out that say things are healthy right so just like in a airline the plane's flying you can have like low oil pressure on the something over here same with loyalty you can have some metric that is not that great but if the airspeed's okay if the we'll share a wallet in this case is, is good, then it could be okay. Overall, like a balanced scorecard, right? Uh, so check quickly. Share wallet is all about how loyal customer actually is to your brand, right? So how much of their spend is going towards your brand versus going to other brands and the goal is to get to hundred percent. If you have a hundred percent share of wallet, all your money is going to brand a, right? Then that's great. So that might mean the 100% for you means two flights a year just to go visit grandma twice a year, right? And that's it. That's it. You're, you're loyal to the brand, right? You, they're not going to get any money, more money out of you because that's what you do, right? Whereas, you know, your cousin Jane over there, she's doing 200 flights a year, right? But 100 flights with LNA, 100 flights with airline b right? So she got 50, LNA is getting 50% share of wealth. So she's actually less loyal, even though she's worth more as a customer, yeah? So what it means is even though the airline looks at Jane and goes, she's a, uh, you know, super VIP diamond, elite titanium member, great, great member. Like, but what they don't know if they're not tracking this is they, that could be doubled in value. Right. So therefore with a 50% share of wallet with, with Jane, you know, you should start focusing more of the CRM efforts on, on her to improve that second, second metric customer lifetime value. Yeah. Um, so kind of changes the way that you you'd automate some of the marketing once you have these kind of metrics that you're tracking in the back end there
0: and forgive me for not knowing i mean i don't know this do airlines have access to be able to share that data or no
1: they can get it okay it's not, not, it. not okay. too different there's a bunch of ways they can get it um the most common way is using you know, like credit card data
0: oh you got know, it yeah which you know, would make so sense yeah start, obviously
1: start to see where you spend um obviously i was in telco industry for a long time uh location data that most telcos sell in some
0: uh, fashion okay, or another. Yeah.
1: you know so i can like your mobile phone every two seconds it's peeing probably two or three towers at a time uh it basically says i'm over here i'm over here i'm over yeah, here yeah, it just yeah, keeps exactly. saying that so like when i call you on the phone right it, it knows how to route the call it knows which tower to send it to and that tower knows where you are right so that's 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 where it all and this is old technology right
0: Wait, of course, and then
1: Telcos realize they could make a bit of money out of selling this data, so
0: interesting, okay, so let's talk about data 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 a little bit um so airlines have access certainly to a lot of their own passenger data, but then the question is, and it, I mean, we're kind of seeing a little bit of twofold in this, judging by what you were just saying, but are airlines and their loyalty programs actually leveraging their data to their advantage or maybe to the fullest extent that they could be
1: so get daily.com Uh, got a lot on there about this. And if you read some of my earlier articles, I talk about how airlines were doing a bunch of this, you know, machine learning AI, like all this. And, and then how they were doing it propensity modeling. And there is a bunch of that goes on, but I had an interesting experience the other day that just totally screwed my head. I'll, I'll share it with you. So I booked this flight, on a pretty well-known airline and, um, you know, I'm sort of halfway through, directly through the airline website. I'm halfway through the process. And I'm a gold member with this airline, right? So I I get free seat selection. I get the free bags. I get lounge access for free. You know, I get a bunch of things. There's this page and it says, uh, you can pay for seat selection now, right? I'm like, well, hang on. I get that for free. Why are you you hitting me up to pay for this? This is a bit odd. Uh, And then under that, it's like, uh, it said, um, do you want to buy lounge access uh so i was traveling on ticket with my five-year-old daughter and i said do you want to buy lounge access for your five-year-old daughter i thought hang on a sec <laughs> i get free lounge access kids are not considered guests in lounge so like, i get some free why why are you displaying this to me on the site like of all the things you could be trying to sell me at this point you're trying to sell me mm-hmm. something that i get for free and you know it because at the top it says you're lo- welcome mark gold member to do it so they like they know this already Right, it's kind of kind of personalization one hundred and one, yeah. And I can I just got thinking. What well, you could be, you could show me something else on the screen, something else that I would pay for, right? How yeah. about how about pay an extra hundred bucks and get like a concierge service on your flight? Someone will escort you from check in to the gate or something. Like it could have been a million different. Earn triple miles on this flight. Pay an extra fifty two dollars, or it could have been a million different things. And they chose to put something there that is entirely irrelevant to me because I get this already as a member, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so putting by, you know, by data loyalty hat on here, I'm thinking, this, this airline's missing revenue here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what,
1: what they, like, this is a big brand too. This is not a small small airline like, you, you know, Air Senegal or something. This is like a <laughs> big airline in a big alliance that flies a lot of routes, right? Wow. So, you know, just as I think airlines are doing a pretty good job with predicting what people are going to click on and what emails they're going to open what in the loyalty space with all this great modeling machine learning stuff because they do do some cool stuff there. Just as I think they've got that right, this is the most basic thing on a customer front-end facing website that they just totally drop the ball on, I think.
0: Yeah. No, of course. Well, I mean, it is a toss up and it's all, again, it's like they might be sitting on a mound of information, but how they're implementing it is, is another story. Or they might be implementing it well in one area, but not another area, um, which is, which is fascinating. So how are airlines actually inspiring new loyalty in travelers, you know, Uh, or like loyalty in new travelers, I should probably say, like, how are they kind of like evolving and, and trying to, continue to keep people enticed and interested especially considering that we're kind of going to lose a lot of people that have status
1: it's true there's, there's a lot of people due for downgrade and um but in saying that there's a lot a lot of people traveling as well right now you know airlines are some markets are totally creaming it you know make <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. a lot of money right now um so they're doing something right uh and there's a lot of you know, there's less business travel today than there was, say, three years ago. Yeah, and you know the the type of person traveling today, it, the profile is, looks a little bit different, right? And so, to your point, I think this is the chance to get new people into the loyalty program that may never have thought about it before, right? So, the loyalty program, you know, generally, generally they don't change that much. You know, the structure, you know, earn this many miles when you do this, you get this when you hit this status, you get these. 10 perks kind of thing and that was designed years we'll call pre-pandemic right the the sort of rules and what that looked like was designed then and yet that it was designed for the travels at that time right the the typical travel today has changed a little bit yeah it's a more leisure travel you know visiting friends relatives just traveling for other stuff that's not you fly out in the morning, have a meeting, fly back in the afternoon. There's, there's less of that these days in most places. It's still there, just just less. And so, the question is: Does should the loyalty program change to reflect the new type of traveler today? All right? And if it if it does change, what would that look like? And so, in in airlines specifically, we're seeing that uh, there's a strong focus on the co brand credit cards right so that's like you know the airline branded credit card that you have uh and the miles that they earn and you know airlines make a lot of money selling these things so it's, it's some, in some ways it's about it's more of a card program than a loyalty program for these types of
0: travelers ah uh, yeah Interesting. And it makes sense. I mean, again, we're all kind of kind of seeing it. Um, okay. I have to ask you a question because I'm curious to see. I ask every single one of my guests this question. So um, there's no right or wrong answers. It's just everybody has a bit of a different perspective uh, considering the name of the show being Travel Redefined. How do you see travel being redefined?
1: How do I see travel being redefined? So in some ways, I don't think it will be redefined because in my view, travel's ingrained in our DNA. As you, know, as you know, I think on some level, we all want to see new things, visit new places, meet new people, explore the world, see the wonders. And, you know, look at travel demand today, it's off the charts. It's pretty expensive in some places it is. right now, right? Uh, and I think what's what we're seeing is people are craving for these experiences and new feelings and you know, we've realized in the last few years that life can be pretty short and we need to get out there. We want to get out there. We want to explore the world. We want to see new things. We want to try new foods. We want to visit the pyramids. We want to see the Great Barrier Reef. We want to take a selfie at the Taj Mahal. We want to go do these things because we can, right? And I think the travel industry in general is a wonderful place to be in right now um, because of that. You know, it's, it's never going away. Uh, people are always going to want to go and see and visit and do new things, and I think that's part of the magic of of this industry is that that innate desire we have to want to go out there and do these things is is perhaps only getting stronger now than it ever has before in history.
0: Completely, completely agree, and and it is it is interesting. I like I like how you say that as well too, because I mean, again, it is something that is so much a part of our. DNA, and and it, this is why this conversation is so interesting right now, especially after what we've been through in the past couple of years. Um, it certainly has changed our perspective. So um, love that answer, love that answer. Well, in wrapping up, I, this has been such a great conversation, and I mean, it's getting my brain thinking about all different things um, in regards to loyalty programs, what I need to be doing, um, what next year will probably look like. But um, you know, for those that are tuning in and maybe want to find out, you know, more, you know, about about your companies, um, specifically probably like Status Match, for example, what are you looking at? Like what's what might be um, new in the pipeline for those that are tuning in so that they can keep their eyes peeled for that?
1: So for the 50% of people elite status out there that are about to be downgraded, um, ah. obviously sign up at statusmatch.com and, you know, we'll let you know if there's status match opportunities available. And what that means is, you know, we might be able to get your gold stars with a new airline, for example. You know, so you, you don't, you don't, you can, you know, you might fly with a new airline, but you you might keep that, those perks that you're kind of used to and you don't want to give up so easily. Uh, so, you know, we're obviously working with big brand hotels and, and airlines um, on helping them acquire new customers through that method, knowing that there's a bunch of people are going to be downgraded. So, at least, you know, these airlines, are they're on the offense right now. You know, best defense, a good offense so it's uh, you, you know that they're, they're out there trying to get new customers and we're on the forefront of that helping them acquire these new customers in new and innovative ways that they're um that you know we're set up to do that uh and you know we're helping them do a pretty good job of that so check out statusmatch.com that'll that'll help alleviate some of the pain give you a lifeline if you've got status with Helena O'Dell today
0: Absolutely. No, we'll definitely, well, we'll make sure that all of the details are are in the show notes. So, um, and, and that's great so that they can find out more obviously about status match. Um, also get some great updates from travel data daily, and then also connect with you um, presumably on LinkedIn or wherever. So we'll make sure all those details are in the show notes. So um, Mark, this has been such a great conversation. So thank you. Really appreciate it. And, and also appreciate you, you tuning in from, the other side of the world as well, too. So that's been um, really great. So thank you.
1: This has been a fun conversation. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it. Well, for everybody that's tuning in, thank you guys uh, for joining us this week. We'll have all the details in the show notes and be sure to stay tuned for uh, another episode next week. Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling.